Welcome back, everyone. This is Andrew Weston, and you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the show, and the Oscar goes to... And today, I have a special guest with me, and we'll be talking about the films La La Land and Gone with the Wind. It is my friend Hannah Lizaldi, and she has some strong opinions about not just La La Land, but mainly about the film Gone with the Wind. Hannah, take it away. Okay, so I'm a film and screen phase major. I go to school in New York City at Pace University in downtown Manhattan. I'm a senior. I have one semester left to graduate. After I graduate, I'm going to come back here to California, and I'm hoping to get a job in the Los Angeles area with anything to do with films. So you don't have, like, a specific area that you want to focus on, like directing or writing or producing? Uh, No, no specifics. The only thing I really, I really enjoy being a director of photography, but... I will take anything that is handed to me. Yeah, I feel the same exact way, except not with the director of photography, because I think the director of photography, I would like to be able to do it, but I'm just not good enough to be able to do it. It's the main problem with it. Because <laughs> it's just hard. It's just so hard. with like lights I and... enjoy it, though. Yeah. It's but fun. It's hard. I don't like, I don't like being a director. Mm, but interesting. How'd you figure that out? I've directed two movies, and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I'd rather someone direct it and tell me what to do than me telling other people what to do. If that makes sense? I'm just not comfortable. Yeah, is it hard to just, like, tell people what to do, or is it more like the responsibility thing? The responsibility behind it. Yeah. I don't like that. For sure, for sure. Okay, so let's get right into La La Land. So what do you think about La La Land? I, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm a huge fan of musicals which we don't make anymore. So mm-hmm. when this came out, I was like, yes, sign me up. And I <laughs> love it. I love, I just love musicals. And the songs in it are beautiful. They sing them well. It's just, it's great. With, uh, you mentioned that they sing them well. That is a point of debate for me because mm-hmm. I don't think that they're that great of singers. Like, I mean, they sing all right, but I feel like if you're going to do a musical, you should get people that can sing really well. And I know, I know they worked really hard to work on their singing, to get this in, to get this film made, and that Emma Stone was in Cabaret, and that's how Damien Chazelle, the director, found her. But they're just not top-notch enough for me to be in a musical as the leading parts. I actually agree with you 100% on that. But I feel like because they aren't, you know, top-notch, I find that makes the film more authentic. It's not, oh, beautiful singers. It's like, to me, it's like, okay, if you're going to be a beautiful singer, because in the film, she wants to be an actress. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, you need to become a singer. Don't become an actress. Yeah. I feel like it makes it more authentic. Yeah, I've heard the same debate, Um, that the same thing with the dancing, too, is that the dancing is, the director's mm-hmm. actually come out and say this, that the dancing, like he said, that he didn't want it to be perfect. He wanted it to be kind mm-hmm. of flawed to make it more realistic, that these are just two people, you know, just finding their way and 
just like for the realism effect yeah but i don't know just for me i'm like i just want maybe not like the best but just better <laughs> i agree with you no i i get it but they did good i think with what they mm-hmm. handed it was good yeah and i feel like um that la la land uh Emma Stone did a great job, of course, but I feel like Ryan Gosling kind of got gypped a bit for the Oscar with his insane piano playing that he had to do for the film. And I feel like that was just kind of overlooked. See, yeah, I agree with you. I don't remember who won Best Actor that year. Um, I don't remember who won. But I don't think Emma Stone deserved it. Oh, really? I don't like Emma Stone very much, but... Why not? Wait, let's get into that. Why don't you like Emma Stone? Uh, it, There's nothing about her personally. I think she's a good actress. She's made some good movies. She's probably a really nice person in real life. But you know how there's some actors when they're on screen, it just bugs you? Mm. That's how I feel about her. There's nothing against her, like, personally. She's I know exactly nice what person. you're talking about. That's like Little yeah. Red Riding Hood and Into the Woods for me. Mm, okay. That film. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I that guess. actress? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just come on a screen and you're just annoyed. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't, it's just weird. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like, yeah. Mm, yeah. So did you see The Favorite then with Emma Stone? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. I want to, but like it has Emma Stone in it and I'm debating. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see it and then I saw it and I'm just not a fan of the director and his like, um, his style. I'd seen one other one other film previous, which was The Lobster, and I wasn't a fan of that one. And um, but then I watched this one, and it's, it's very different from The Lobster if you've seen that. But it's very, it's just weird, which is what he goes for. But it's not for me. So mm. yeah. But let's let's get into the main film that you want to discuss, which is okay. <laughs> Gone with the Wind. So uh, side note, I've had this film. In a DVD case for no less than six months, but I've been afraid to watch it because it has a runtime of three hours and 58 minutes. So this film is basically four hours long. It's from 1939. It's a drama war romance movie. And uh, basically in a sentence from IMDb, they quote it as, A manipulative woman and a roguish man conduct a turbulent romance during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. So it sounds like a story, <laughs> but I'm not the hugest fan of this film after I watched it. I watched it over the course of two days because it was four hours long, so I watched two hours and two periods. Mm-hmm. It stars Clark Gable and Vivian Lee, directed by Victor Fleming, written by Sidney Howard, based on the book by Margaret Mitchell, was nominated for 13 Academy Awards, technically 15 if you include the Honorary Award for the Outstanding Achievement in the Use of Color for the Enhancement of Dramatic Mood for William Cameron, and another award, which was the Technical Achievement Award for Pioneering in the Use of Coordinated Equipment in the Production for R.D. Musgrave. It won 10... Um, Academy Awards for Best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Color, which this is the first colored film to win at the Academy Awards for Best Picture. It also won for Best uh, Art Direction, Film Editing, Best Picture, of course, and Best Actor in a Leading Role. It got nominated on the side for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, Best Sound, Special Effects, and Original Score. Hannah, tell me why this is 
your favorite film of all time. Because my favorite film of all time is 12 Years a Slave. These are vastly different movies. Mm. Um, that is a good movie. Oh, okay, you that liked it. I'm, I'm glad. I, mm-hmm. like but, I read the book, too. Good. Oh, you did read I have not read the book on it yet. Mm, me too. Interesting. I need to read it. Yeah. So tell me about Gone with the Wind. Why is this such a good movie, in your opinion, and why is it your favorite movie? Okay. So I think you can agree with this, too, that most movies that I see there are characters in there and I'm like why is that person here they don't add anything I don't like them they just you can take them away and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and I feel like for this movie all the characters had a purpose mm. and besides that the storyline kept me interested I wasn't one time just like oh I don't care they could all die it doesn't matter to me <laughs> I was so interested the whole time and, like, the four hours, every time I watch this movie, the four hours fly by. Because I'm like you. If a movie's, like, over two hours, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. It just, I really had to convince myself. But the first time I saw this movie was in the movie theater, so I had no choice but to sit there for four <laughs> hours and see it. Which I'm glad I did, because it made me sit there and watch it. Yeah. And to see it on the big screen was life-changing. Like, the computer screen or a TV screen does not do it justice, hmm. in my humble opinion. You kind of make me want and to see it, but I don't on the big screen. To. But I don't want to. Though. You have to. It it really changes everything. Maybe in a few years. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. But uh, see, it's also my favorite book of all time. Oh, interesting. And they the movie leaves so much out of the book. You think the movie's long? The book is like over seven hundred pages. Hmm. So you like the and, book better than the movie. I do. Okay. Because there's more detail in it. There's more people like, I don't know if you remember, but she was married to uh, Charles Hamilton. Yes. They In the book, they actually have a son together. Hmm. But in the movie, obviously he's not there. Yeah, they only so have one kid. she has another kid. child. Yeah, yeah with, exactly. Um, Clark with Gable's Rex. character. And I just feel like with all that put together, that is why it's my favorite film. Well, there are other epics that do the same thing. Like, I would have to say off the top of my head is Giant, which I really like, mm. the James Dean film. I love, but yes. I feel like that film, I don't know, that film is, like, better <laughs> than this one. Of course, they're not the same time period-wise, but I just find that film to be more compelling and interesting. But they also use the same, they they don't, like, waste the characters either. But that one wasn't like boring to me this film wasn't like necessarily boring i feel like the first half was better than the second half although in defense Most of this movie feel that way. Mm-hmm. oh for this movie mm-hmm. huh interesting yeah the second half is definitely like i don't know more complex i guess and the second half it's kind of like about her and Rhett. it just feels like that the entire time but mm-hmm. this film what this film does exceptionally well is their use of costuming which oh, is design? the costume design is in at whoa mm-hmm. way out of this world way better than my fair lady the main thing that i took from this film is their incredible use of cinematography i thought the cinematography was absolutely oh yeah yeah it was just outstanding Stunning. that's and why 1939 yeah. Like especially that, yeah you know it's not me today you know 
yeah, there are films today that cannot. <laughs> they can <laughs> Exactly. No. Which, bringing that up about films today, if Gone with the Wind was adjusted for inflation, this film will be the top grossing film of all time with $4.4 billion. So I don't know what Avengers Endgame has to say about that. <laughs> My favorite part of the film is when Rhett leaves Scarlet and this is what he says. I have the clip right here. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Now, the film had to get special permission to use the word damn in their film because it was under the Hayes Code at that time. This film was made under the production during the time that that was enacted. And it was a very, very, very conservative code over things that you could say and things that you could do and the way that characters could interact with each other. And um, the directors and writers have written other phrases for him to say, but it just it, it just didn't work out. They just didn't sound right. It's like when you write something, and you're like, that's not what someone would say. And so <laughs> they were able to get special permission because it was culturally accurate to like the times and like the phrases that people would say during that time. So I just thought that was really interesting that um, that the that it passed a, a code. And now, like, now look at films nowadays what people can say and do. It's like you can say and do whatever you want and it's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the rating for the film, the film uh, on IMDb, it's rated. It's not rated. It just says passed. So it just passed the code basically. And before we were on the air, I just have to let everyone know this is that... Oh my gosh! <laughs> Is that I had played two minutes of the soundtrack and that you said, stop playing the soundtrack, I am crying. <laughs> I wasn't really crying. It just, I just love that song. Okay, well, we're going to play the song really quick that you were, okay. n that you were not... Pretend crying. Pretend crying, I guess. Sobbing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two. Right here. This is the soundtrack, the main theme from Gone with the Wind.
All right, Hannah. Are you okay? Yep. Yeah. Are you stable? <laughs> I'm stable. <laughs> I'm looking at the comments right now on mm-hmm. YouTube under that song, and people have commented stuff like, best film ever. Even now when there are so many fabulous films in our world, it lifts the spirit and reminds one that one should never yield to despair. Uh, Eugenia posted that on the YouTube comment section. Esther Samuelson, the soundtrack is so beautiful. It's like you want to cry. <laughs> they didn't really. I like Samuel. They didn't really. He gets me. <laughs> Another person said a score that makes me want to cry no matter what. But I think that Eugenia sums up the score best with her comment. Best film ever. Even now when there are so many fabulous films in our world, it lifts the spirit and reminds one that one should never yield to despair. I think that pretty much sums up Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Except I, I agree with that, actually. I just don't agree with the best film ever part. But, you know, the the, the soundtrack that really... I feel... Yes. The, the term best film ever, that to me is like, is there a best film ever? I, I don't think so. I, everyone's, that's an opinion thing. Mm-hmm. You know... Everyone has their favorite film or their best film ever. Yeah. But, like, ever made? I don't know what that is. <laughs> People say it's Citizen Kane, but... Yeah, I watched Citizen Kane recently, and I thought it was okay. That's a good movie, yeah. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, I personally ever wouldn't for call it. others, but... Yeah, yeah, same. But the soundtrack that, that really gets me is Flying Over Africa from Out of Africa. Have, mm-hmm. you, have okay, you heard that one? About... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of the movie. I just really like that scene where they're flying over Africa and they play that beautiful music. I guess that's what this is like <laughs> for you. <laughs> this is a really good song, and I feel like it really is like a great piece of American cinema. It's personally mm-hmm. not for me, though. It's a movie. Either you like it or you don't. I don't think it's like this in-between. I don't know. I feel like it's, it is an in-between for me because I feel like I... Oh, really? Huh. Cause I I give it like like a six out of ten. Like I think it's all I think it's all right, pretty good, but just not amazing. It depends how you, you look like at it. it. If you're looking at it through like the lens of like the past, if like for a 1939 film, I'd be like, oh, this film's amazing. But looking at it, I don't know. It's kind of hard to like look through your own, like look through time and then look through like your own personal biases of what you think is like a great film because emotions from different f- movies get me so it all it is all personal so yeah it is hard to objective objectively identify a film as a great I, film you know, i agree with that yeah like, movies are a personal thing you know uh, yeah a hundred percent they're very personal to wrap things up what is your favorite scene in the film because mine is when My... he leaves her <laughs> oh well <laughs> my favorite scene is when she comes back to Tara from Atlanta. Remember when Atlanta was burning and she comes back and you know, her mom's dead. Every her beautiful home was basically destroyed and she goes and she says, As God is my witness, that famous line and then it goes into the intermission. Before that, that as God is my witness is like it makes me teary eyed every time I see it. Because it's like she's she's not gonna put up with this anymore. She's gonna, you know, handle things, and she does, you know. Hmm. So you're talking about this scene right here. God is my witness. 
God is my witness, they're not going to lick me. I'm going to live through this, and when it's all over, I'll never be hungry again. No, nor any of my own. If I have to lie, steal, cheat, or kill, as God is my witness, I'll never be hungry again. And there they are using that beautiful score right there. That's the scene mm-hmm. that you're talking about, correct? Yeah. Like, I didn't, when I just heard the audio, that gave me goosebumps. I wasn't even, like, watching it. And oh it gave goodness. me goosebumps. Like, I just, uh, I love that so much. Yeah, I love this scene because if you can watch it, it is very aesthetically, visually pleasing. And combined mm-hmm. with that score and just her determination, definitely a great scene in the film. This is your host, Andrew Weston, coming to you live from KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thank you, Hannah, for being on the show today. And uh, I'm going to play us out with one of my favorite Oscar speeches ever, which is Sally Field winning for Places in the Heart. Stay golden, everyone.